on Brunch, we'll be featuring our guest of the week. These guests are often familiar voices on Radio 3 that we hear from time to time. Throughout this week, we'll get to know them a bit better, find out about their childhood and hobbies, and some of the defining moments of their lives. This week, I'm super delighted to have a wonderful guest on the program. Now, he's no stranger to RTHK. Vivek Mabubani is a renowned stand-up comedian. He's also an award-winning new media designer. Vivek has been crowned the funniest person in Chinese in Hong Kong in 2007 and also in English in 2008 in the Hong Kong International Comedy Competition. Vivek has also taken his sense of humor all over the world, including Hong Kong, China, Macau, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, Sri Lanka, India, Australia, Canada, and the U.S. In fact, the U.S. world-famous Laugh Factory ranked him as one of the top 10 comedians in their annual Funniest Person in the World competition. And in 2018, he was named among the 10 outstanding young persons in Hong Kong. So in previous uh, episodes, Vivek, you talked a little bit about your childhood and about growing up in Hong Kong. So what did you want to be when you were little? Oddly enough, when I was young, there were two jobs I wanted to do. Number one was bus driver. The reason is because I took the bus everywhere I went. And I would get annoyed when I got on a bus and the driver was slow. I was like, this guy is the worst. How is he good at this? He's terrible, right? And I made a vow to myself. I said, if I become a bus driver, I guarantee my passengers will be so happy that I'm on there. Basically, I was taking the minibus mentality for a big bus, okay? So that was my goal. I used to time buses and I would know which driver is the fast driver. So I would Why literally... Were you a termai? Uh, no, not the bus itself. Okay, I was the, the driver. Okay. <laughs> You get it? Okay. I didn't care about the bus, but I was like, the drive, this guy knows how to swerve around this corner. He'll get me home in five minutes kind of a deal. So I knew exactly which driver. To the point, I had this really dumb thing that I did before where I would be at the bus stop. The bus would arrive. I see this driver. I'm like, this driver's slow. I will take the next bus. No. Right? And I will do that. that. Yeah, but my brain didn't connect the dots of like, but because if you if take you, the next yeah, bus. Yeah, you wasted time. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I will not lose to you. It was like, uh, you idiot. <laughs> now you just wasted 10 minutes of waiting. You know, so that was my, you see how, how my brain is like, look at me with the confidence. But then at the same time, the logical side is thinking like, excuse Uh-oh. me, uh, excuse me, hello, excuse me, can, can I say something? You know, so you have that. So I would do that. I would listen to like the engines of the buses to the point that I would know which number bus it was based on the engine sound. Because back then, different buses had different, you know, double decker, single decker. And I would know, I'm like, oh, it's a China number. motor bus. The yeah, blue it's, ones. yeah, the blue and yellow. Wow, those yeah, the were cream. ghetto. The cream ones. Yeah. And the, with the open window and then yeah. the branches would exactly. stick in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. Watch them brass go, brr, brr, brr. I'm like, whoa, cool, right? So, exactly. I was big into that because bus was the mode of transportation for me when I was young. That was one of my dreams. Be a bus driver. I wanted to do it. I was like, you get on my bus, I guarantee you'll be on time. I'd be DHL of bus driver, you know? That kind of idea. Okay, second one I had was to be my building security guard. Let me explain why. I know everyone's probably thinking like, oh, I mean, as a Southeast Asian kid, that makes very much sense. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's racist. You should not stereotype like that. But secondly, I had this idea. I was like, let me understand this concept. So as my security guard, I sit in one place. So all I'm doing right now in my home is sit in one place. If I simply shift down like four floors, I get paid for this. I can do that. All right. So I was like, I can do that. I go down there. And I was like, I know, what they do is, well, on top of just sitting around, they they walk around the building. You can get exercise. Get your exercise. And I could just, you know, for some reason, be suspicious of the floor I live on. Is there a thief? Let me go check the floor again. You know, and maybe the thief's in the flat. Let me go inside the flat and check. Oh, you're right? so smart. And then you just hang out. And then I hang out my flat. And like every time, I'm like, why is this guy walking around the building all day long? I'm like, this is a great guard. 
he cares, you know, like and that kind of thing. And I won't be late for work. Unless the lift's off duty, then I'm like, ah, I can't go to work, you know, no, no transportation. No, 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 have it. You know, I'll, I'll look out my window, like, there's no thief coming in. It's okay, you know. So these are the crazy ideas I had when I basically my goal in life was to work hard at being the laziest thing I could do. With a bus driver, I was like, so I just sit there and I simply just go forward and press one of the pedals. I can do that. My security guard, I just sit there and basically make sure nobody robs anyone. I'm like, no problem. Right? I could do that. I can't believe it because you're one of the most hardworking people I know and you're always so busy. I, I yeah. just can't believe you wanted to do that. So and then this, <laughs> Exactly. So this is my weird thing. I will work very hard at being lazy. It's a weird concept in my head where I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to automate things. Like, I'll give you an example. I will spend 20 hours to automate something so I can press one button to do it. But I press the button maybe once a year. But I'll spend 20 hours to, and, yeah, yeah, to make sure it's a one-button press, which I would probably spend 10 hours pressing my whole life. But I'll spend 20 hours to make it a one-second press. It's so, this is what I mean. This is my logic. So, exactly. Career-wise, that was my dream when I was young as well. And, of course, not waking up early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then now, are you waking up early in the morning? I actually, oddly enough, am. You know, I think with old age or whatever, you start saying, oh, the, the sunrise, I should rise with the sun, right? You know. So, uh, nowadays, as many people know me, I'm a comedian. That's what I do. Uh, however, before comedy, when I was in university, I had, again, this first experience of what a freelance job is. So, I studied in creative media and city university which is basically you know art and programming mixed together and that's where i experienced the idea of what a freelance job is before i went to creative media i was really into web design because i liked the concept of i could create something in my room put it somewhere and the whole world can see i love that concept right so i love websites because of that reason got into creative media worked on that and i once i found something i liked I really spent a lot of time obsessing how to learn everything about it. So uh, I did an associate degree. And uh, so for two years, I was in university. And I was like, university, I could enjoy life, right? Terrible grades, you know, barely got into bachelor's degree. And something clicked in my head when I was like, my whole life, I've always hoped people accept me. You know, friendship, schools, university. I was like, why is it that every time I'm like, oh, I hope they will let me do this. And I was like, from that day on, was I decided I will never hope. I will make it that they have to let me in. So... I found this thing called Flash. Uh, if you've never used websites before, you have Flash animation. Yeah. I loved it because it's, it's design and programming. I really got obsessed by it. I used to borrow all the books in the library to the point that the university professors would ask me, Hey, Viv, could you return the book? I need to prepare my class. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much you might, you know, how much, you, how badly do you yeah. want it? You know, I so still so, need it. I still need. I'm, I'm learning. What's wrong? Yeah. You know, are you denying me education? <laughs> I could file a complaint for that. You know, right, so stuff like that. So I got really good at it. I was known as the flash guy in school. Every homework, they'd come to me, right? I'd do it all. And the teacher was like, oh, this guy's pretty good at this. And one of the professors or instructors was like, I have a job and I want to get this done, but I don't want to do it. Let me get this kid. Comes up to me and I remember precisely. He was like, uh, you, you want to do a freelance job? I'm like, is there money? He's like, yes, like, I'm, I'm on. He tells me, oh, you get 500 bucks. And for a university kid, that is a gold mine. You're like, how, how much? Yes. Right? That's a, that's many days of lunch. Exactly yeah. right. And I was like, I am gonna go, you know, get the, the tong yum for two bucks more. Yeah, the cold drink for two extra dollars. I am on right. I was super excited. I did the job, got it done, and that's when I learned. I was like, there's no office. He's like, no, just get it done by this day. I was like, wait, hold on, what? So I got it done, submitted it. He gave me five hundred bucks, and I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is the life. This is the life. You know, I walked around school and I was like, are you going to class, you fools? I just made five hundred bucks while you were in class. You know, so I did that, and then. Got a taste of it and I realized that's what I want to be self-employed. And that's how it all began. I did web design. I was self-employed. And over time, got into comedy just for fun. 
you know, and then started getting better and better at it. Every now and then you get a gig here. Maybe someone's hire you for that. And it just builds over time. That's amazing. So you've never, ever done a nine to five job. I've done it for six months in my life. One company only. I worked there because I was like, when I was doing web design stuff for myself, I said, you know, I should learn who my competition are and really learn how do they function? Because I'm seeing these brands like these guys, they're top notch brochures and everything. I said, I'm going to go in there, learn so much and everything. However, I had already spent a lot of time reading a lot of books, learning different skills, thinking when I go to the company, I will learn from the top masters of the industry. I go there and I'm like, these guys are fools. They don't know what they're doing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I remember the company, like their passwords were all in just one Excel sheet. And I'm like, are you mad? Like so much for security. Yeah, I, was like, I, I could just take this and walk away. Right. So small things. I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then that taught me that no matter how big the companies are, they're still made up of small pieces. Mm. So as long as you can basically make your pieces work in that level, you can compete. And I left after six months because I felt I'm wasting my time here. And I left there and I was really adamant. I was like, now I know I'm confident that I can go and compete with these companies. And I just became self-employed from then on. So six months of my whole life. That was the only time I worked full time. Yeah. And you've never looked back because... Never looked back. That's amazing. And yeah. that's so brave. To be- I've never been a freelancer before because of that sort of the, the fear. But hearing, I wish you came to my school to talk to us <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, I was yeah. a student. It's a different game, really. Different mentality. Yeah. How do you sort of stay motivated to... Because it takes a lot of discipline to yeah. be... Um, a freelancer. Well, one easy way is when you receive bills in your mail, you're like, man, I got to get to work. I need this project right now. I think I had this real uh, mental shift. I, like I said, I spent a lot of time reading books about freelancers. What's the mentality behind it? How do you stay motivated? One of the books called The Art of the Start by this guy called Guy Kawasaki. And he mentioned one key phrase that had a big impact on me. He said, whatever you do, make meaning, not money. All right. And what he meant was not like community service and do some meaningful. It's like do something that brings you meaning, not money. Because he said if you do something meaningful, automatically you'll be motivated to do it and the money will come because you'll get good at it. And in the beginning, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. I enjoy websites. I'll do that. But what I find is that even with comedy, when you do something meaningful to yourself, a lot of people want to support you, not because they like what you do, because you're kind of living a life that they wish they had. And through you, they're doing, you know, they're like, I want to support, I want to see you succeed because I feel like I contributed and helped it out. And I was like, you're right, you know. It's much like the cheering at a sports game. I'm not competing. I mean, you hold the trophy, but I feel like, you know, it was my cheer that got you that. And I feel good that I played my part. So even if I know I can't be in the football pitch, I feel like I still made this happen thanks to my work. So people want to support you because they like what you're doing because they feel that your meaning brings meaning to them. And they want to support that, you know, kind of mutual thing. So make me not money was big thing. And everything I did from then on, I was like, does this bring me meaning? If not, there's no point. Of course, I get every one, now and then one or two gigs where you're like, oh, this gig is terrible. I can't believe I'm doing it. But then at that point, you're like, I'm here. I got to do it. I got to build play. Let's go. Let's do this. Exactly. And now, uh, how, how do you balance between the two, comedy and also, uh, you know, design? Uh, honestly, comedy is like 99.9% at the moment, right? With web design, it slowly faded out. I slowly also bumped up my comedy saying, can I make it into a full-time career? And after the last, what, six years onwards, I made it my full-time thing. Web design and design stuff is mostly for my own show posters or old clients that are just like, like I will stick with you. Just I'll find you once a year. Just don't bother me. I just don't want to find someone else. And we'll go with that. Amazing. Well, in tomorrow's episode, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about the inspirations behind your comedy.